we're really reminded today of, um, of really how much the Lord has done. And I want to reflect a little bit today. I want to read a passage to you that you've probably heard before. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. If you've got a virtual Bible or a real Bible, yell amen real loud when you get it. Thank you, singers and musicians. I appreciate you. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6. You probably get it a lot quicker if I... And you're like, well, I didn't, wasn't going to look it up because you usually have it on the screen. <coughs> we'll put it on the screen. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, it's right after Ephesians chapter 5. For those of you who are having difficulty... Okay, be, be, you know, be transparent. I, I don't want to say the word be honest. It bothers me when preachers say, or actually anybody says, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm thinking, are there times you're not? You know? Um, uh, uh, just be transparent. Now, um, how many of you ever... Matthew, Mark, Luke, John... Yeah. It's, and it's in there because you learned it when you were a kid, probably, or, or a lot younger, and you still... I still do that to this day, and I'm thinking, they moved Ecclesiastes. Where did they put it, you know? Um... I think Brother Berlin was preaching out of Ecclesiastes here a while back, and I was like, I know it's in here. <clears throat> um, well, you're a preacher. You're supposed to know where everything is. I'm also human. Exactly. <clears throat> and um, I find that as age happens, then, um, you know, sometimes it's like somebody told me the information's all in there. It just takes a little while longer to find the file sometimes. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I will admit to you that I have read this passage countless times, as likely you have too, but I believe, you know, I've even preached on it. I've got notes in my Bible. I have preached this message I don't know how many times or used this passage of Scripture. Probably at least a dozen times, maybe more. But while preparing for this message, the Lord put something into my spirit that I have never thought of as I read this passage. It even crossed my mind. We know that the enemy of our soul, the evil one, as this verse tells us, shoots flaming arrows at us, doesn't he? He shoots flaming arrows at us. These arrows can be arrows of temptation, they could be arrows of sickness, relationship difficulties, challenges with your job or your income. But I believe the Lord spoke to my heart and, and said that there is one type of arrow that the devil uses more frequently than any other, 
And that's what I've called this message this morning, the arrows of the past. The arrows of the past. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you can no doubt remember when things may not have been so good in your life. You didn't have peace in times of trouble or difficulty. You didn't seem to have any relief from anxiety or worry. You didn't have anybody that you felt like you could go to. You didn't have real joy. Then you met Jesus and He brought peace and He brought joy and He brought reassurance into your life. How many of you know that you have a history? We all have a history. Every one of us. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The old has gone, the new is here. The devil knows your history just as good, if not better, than you do. And it's his mission to convince you that the old has not gone, but that it's very much still alive in your life. There's a part in the Bible that talks about besetting sins. I didn't bring this passage into the Scripture. But it's talking about people who struggle with things, struggle with sins that just keep popping back up again over and over and they feel sorry for them, they repent of them, but they still have struggles with them. There are all kinds of struggles and I believe that all these struggles come up because the devil tries to bring the arrows of the past and fire them at you, trying to convince you that the old has gone, has not, has not gone, but it's still here in your life. When I prayed with people to accept Christ, I tell them immediately right away that the enemy of your soul is going to do everything he can to come at you and say, oh, nothing has changed. You're still the same person that you always were. You just had an emotional experience and nothing more than that. You can't be any different than you already have been. You might as well just give up on this church thing or on this God thing because it won't make any difference in your life. You've done fine without it up to now, but really you haven't. The reason the devil gets these arrows of the past because he knows that the most powerful arrows that he can use come from that quiver. Some people thought I was bringing Panera bread in here today, but I'm not bringing I was just hiding my object lesson. And he pulls from his quiver called the arrows of the past. Arrows of the past. What does he do when he pulls from the arrows of the past? Well, let's see. He pulls out the arrow of doubt. The arrow of doubt. Doubt is a feeling of lack or uncertainty. A feeling of lack or uncertainty. He uses these arrows of doubt from the past because you've had issues making sound and right decisions. The devil wants your very thought pro- bring your very thought process into question. He wants you to second guess the decisions that you still make because of your history. 
that he pulls from the arrows of the past. He wants you to doubt even what the Lord has done in your life. You, you feel like the Lord has given you direction in your life and then sometimes you doubt it because it hasn't happened or you just kind of wonder or second guess, am I really doing the right thing? But that's what He wants you to do. He brings these arrows out to you. You knew when you started down the path inspired by the Lord that it was the right one, but lately maybe you've been begun to question or you've begun to falter or you've begun, begun to waver. The arrow of doubt from the past is one of the devil's favorite arrows to use. Let's see what else is in this quiver. Then there is the arrow of fear. Arrow of fear. Fear is a feeling that is linked to anxiety of someone or something that may cause you pain or you feel threatened by that person or that individual or by a situation. He uses the arrow of fear from your past because he knows at some point you have been hurt by someone or something else. And it's caused you a lot of great pain and anxiety. And if you dwell on it long enough, which is what these arrows are designed to make you do, it still causes pain. The devil does not want you to have close godly relationships because he wants you to be isolated and alone. And if we've ever learned a lesson, we, I don't think we've learned it any more prominently than during the past two years because of COVID when people have more felt isolated and alone than ever before. And can I tell you that the fear of isolation, the fear of failure, the, the, the fear of the past, the fear of all of these hurts is very real in people's lives. Suicide is at an all-time high because people have all kinds of fears. And as long as the enemy of your soul can keep you isolated and alone and away from godly people, and away from your prayer closet, away from the Word of God, then those fears can still be very real. The arrow of fear is what he uses because of the pain of the past. It was so bad that you'll be fearful of letting anyone inside your world. There are some people that refuse to let anybody get close to them because of the hurt and the pain that they've experienced. And if not careful, they can paint a broad brush and just say, okay, I'm not ever going to let anybody in again because of the hurt and the pain that I have felt. Can I tell you that we are not responsible for the actions of other people? That if you find a relationship with someone who has their relationship based on the Word of God, that's a person that you need to have a close relationship with. And when you try to have a close relationship with someone who has nothing to do with God, does not have the things of God in mind, the doorway to fear is more open than ever before. The arrow of fear... from the past is one of the devil's favorites to use. Then we have 
The arrow of failure. The arrow of failure. Failure means a lack of success or a sense of defeat and frustration. The devil uses the lack, the, the, the arrow of failure from the past because you've had some gigantic failures. And maybe they're not seen that way by other people, but you see them as that way. You may have felt like, well, I thought everything was going great and then I just failed big time. Failure in relationships, finances, vocation, ministry, and life in general that have left you seemingly defeated and discouraged. He even reaches way back in your life when someone might have, might have said, you'll never amount to anything. Or you're worthless. That fear of failure, of gaining approval from others. Can I tell you that approval from others is not necessary? He uses the arrow of failure of the past because he doesn't want you to try anything new for God, especially for God. If he thinks that you failed in the past and you think you failed in the past, these arrows of failure, he will hurl those and I think he tries to use these more because if you fail at one thing, then you're probably going to fail at something else. That's what he's going to tell you. Keep failing, keep failing. You'll never amount to anything. It failed before, it's going to fail again. If he can cripple you by your past failures, he has succeeded in what he set out to do. So each one of these, doubt, fear, and failure, each one of these, how can we deal with the devil and his attacks from the arrows of the past? How can we handle that? You already know. You've already seen it. But we'll look at it again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Put on the full armor of God. Put it on. Just like clothing, you put on the armor of God. Now, I'm not going to go through all of the armor. There's different components because that's not the focus of the message. But you see what it is. You put it all on. And the reason is, is so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you've done everything to stand. And verse 16 says this, In addition to all of this, then take up the shield of faith. So you put on the armor of God, but you take up the shield of faith. I really wanted to bring an object lesson of a shield of faith, but I didn't think I could adequately portray what is conveyed here in the Bible because how many know that you've seen maybe the stories of, of, uh, of Goliath in the Bible with the, uh, with the spear and the shield and the sword and the armor? And you know, you, you have this little shield and even in our minds we think of this little round shield like this. But that's not the shield that this is talking about. This is talking about a shield that is a full body shield. A, not just a little thing that you do hand-to-hand combat and you lower the shield. It's a full-body shield. I didn't have an object big enough to make one that big. 
But if you can picture, if you will, something that is so huge that, that you, you take up, you take up the shield of faith. And you come and you stand behind the shield of faith, which means that there is nothing that is exposed to you and you are exposed to outside of your shield of faith. And your shield of faith, when somebody looks your direction, they don't see you. They see the shield of faith because they have you have stood behind the shield of faith. Amen. It covers all of you. Every part, every piece, every vulnerability, every doubt, every fear, every failure. We can cause the arrows of the past to have no effect on us if we take up the shield of faith. The word used for shield here is, is not, like I said, just that small shield. It's that overall, that whole body protection. Your faith in Jesus must be as strong today as it was the day that you asked Him to come into your heart. The day that you felt the conviction of sin in your life, knowing that you need a Savior. And that same, that same, uh, th that same passion that you had and that same faith that you had for Jesus, for salvation from your sins, must be as strong today as it was then. Well, Pastor, it doesn't feel like my faith in, in Jesus is as strong quite today as it was then because, man, I was so sure then. But today, it just seems like everything else. Absolutely. Because He's had all this time to try to bring you back to where you were and before where you were. That's His goal. That's what He wants to do. But He will not succeed if you stay constant and strong in your faith. He tries to get you to question life through circumstances. He tries to get you to even question your faith in God. Sometimes things happen and they say, and you've heard people say, well, I just feel like my faith is shaken. And it's, it's understandable because we're human. But I think that we have to get to the place. And if you're not there, then I pray that you start that trajectory and that pathway real soon. Today would be a good day to start that. There's an old song that I remember uh, hearing someone sing years ago. And it said, I am invincible. I am invincible. I am determined to be invincible until He has finished His purpose in me and nothing shall shake me. He will never forsake me. I am determined to, um, to live for the King. When I am weary, I look to His face. And when I am tempted, I trust in His grace. I am determined to live for the king. You've got to have a determination. As parents, if you're a parent, then you know that you have responsibilities, especially if you have younger children. If your children aren't young now, then I'm sure you can remember when they were. You had responsibilities and maybe still have responsibilities where you have to provide for them. You have to take care of them. You have to oversee them. And you have to do that day after day after day. You wake up in the morning and you think, I know that they need to eat, but I think I'll just lay here and let it go. 
Just let everything go and let them fend for themselves. No, that didn't happen because you knew you had a responsibility. Can I tell you that you have a responsibility to your relationship with the Lord your God? You have a responsibility to your relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot neglect your relationship with Jesus Christ any more than you neglect your relationship with your dependent children. You must have a dependency upon the Lord Jesus Christ for who you are in Christ, for who you are to the Heavenly Father, and in your daily walk. You have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, which means you get up with an awe and a reverence and a respect for the Lord your God each and every day. You say, Lord, I don't know what this day brings. I don't feel like getting up and serving God today, but I'm going to do it anyway because my faith in Jesus Christ, I purpose to be as strong today as it has ever been, and the devil is not going to succeed in shooting arrows at me today. Your faith in God through Jesus, pray, through Jesus Christ is not just a prayer of salvation some time ago, but it is your daily walk. Are you spending regular time in the Word of God? Are you spending regular time talking with the Lord? Is it just a passing thing? Well, I'll just, I'll just give Him a few minutes so I can say I've done it. Are you doing the least that's required or are you cultivating a relationship? Some of you that are, are married and you know, you know, it, it's not like you get up every morning, I kiss my wife. Now she may not remember it because I usually wake her up to do it. And, uh, but every morning... As long as we've been, there's been a couple of times when I've been away at camp or work or something like that when we haven't been overnight in the same place. But every morning that we've been together, that's just very limited time. But every morning, tell her I love her. Give her a kiss. I don't get up and go through the day and ignore her. Now, I, every day, I talk to her. Pastor, you're just getting awful mushy. I'm just telling you what I do. Mm-hmm. Every day, I text her. Mm-hmm. Every day, I call her if she's where she can take a call. So we, we communicate at least three times every day during the day. Not in the morning, not at night, but during the day. And some people think, well, that sounds like extreme and a lot. No, not really. Because I love my wife. I love to hear her voice. I love to communicate with her. Now, if I went the whole day and didn't communicate at all with her, and she reached out to me and I still didn't communicate back with her, at the end of the day, she'd wonder, What's going on? Can I tell you that the Lord wants to communicate with each one of you? He wants to communicate with me and you. And He's waiting for us 
to have that line of communication, not just the minimal, but the cultivated relationship. You've got to put on the full armor of God, but you've got to take up the shield of faith and keep it up. Your shield of faith represents your cultivated relationship with Jesus Christ. Your strong faith in Jesus Christ. That that faith is going to be there when nothing else is there. Your faith is going to be there. And it's going to be bold and it's going to be out front. Well, I don't want to be like some kind of fanatic when some people be fanatical about Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you've ever heard of Abraham? Abram, in Genesis chapter 15, he was a man who had experienced doubt, fear, and failure. And this is what God reminded Abram. In Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1, he said, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. And he said, I am your shield. I am your shield. Your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, who, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside Look up at the sky and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And I want you to catch this final verse of this passage we're looking at here. Abram, verse 6, believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. It was Abram's faith. Right here, and it's the first time recorded in the Bible that faith was coupled together with righteousness, which means right relationship with God. So Abram's faith, his belief and his trust in the Lord was so powerful that God counted that as him being right with God which is a shadow of our faith in Jesus Christ. And because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we have right standing with God. And that's the only way that we can have right standing with God. Just as God reminded Abram that he was his shield, we take up the same shield of faith. We have that cultivated relationship with Jesus Christ. And we trust in Him. I'm just about ready to close out this message today. But our faith in Jesus Christ says, in in the verse we just looked at in Ephesians 6.16 says, it will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Everybody say all. All. All the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the shield of faith extinguishes all of the all of the arrows of doubt. All the arrows of fear. And all the arrows of failure. And we're going to say this shield of faith, this quiver of the arrows of the past, we have our shield of faith. So I'm just going to say... I don't need those arrows in my life. 
I have the shield of faith in Jesus Christ. The arrows of the past are extinguished through your shield of faith. And again, the verse that I want to close with is 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The devil's job is to make sure that the old stays in your life. But you need to be reminded that the new is here. The new is here to stay. The newness in Jesus Christ is new every morning. And it's able to keep you from this day, through this day, to the next day, and the next, and the next, and however many next days He will give us. Don't allow your past doubts, your fears, your failures to keep you from being closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. The devil is good at bringing up past failures and hurts. I have known people that have been so crippled by their past that what they do is it becomes a roadblock to them and sometimes a crutch. And they say, I don't think I can do this because of all this stuff that happened to me. Some people have said, well, I was abused as a child and I had these horrific things that happened to me and it's just scarred me so much emotionally that I can't let anybody into my world again. And I don't want to, for a moment, discount any hurt, any horror, or terrible things that have happened. But I'm here today to tell you that that cannot be where you are because that is not who you are. Your identity is not wrapped up in a failure of the past. Your identity is not wrapped up in something tragic or horrific that somebody else did to you or in your life or to somebody around you. Your identity is in your faith in Jesus Christ because your shield of faith is stronger than any arrows of the past. And you've got to say, I will not allow that to rule my life anymore and I will choose not to live there. When I came to Jesus Christ, it's all been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. He not only cleansed me from sin, but He cleansed me from the crypt of my past and I'm going to move on and I'm going to say I'm going to walk boldly in my faith in Jesus Christ and I'm going on this trajectory and I'm never going to turn back. I've come too far to look back now. I'm never, ever, ever going to go back there again. As long as that past continues to haunt you, you need a release from the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to bring it to the foot of the cross and you need to tell Him, Lord, I've tried and I just can't quit thinking about it. How do you get involved in all this consuming thought? Because you dwell on it. And we're not supposed to dwell on those failures of the past. How can you not dwell on it because it seems to consume you? You get into the Word of God. You get into your prayer closet with praise. Not, not a, Lord, here's my laundry list of needs that I have. But you begin to praise the Lord and you fellowship with other believers who are walking according to the Word of God. 
When you do those things, then you become stronger in your faith and you become stronger in your faith and then those memories become softer. They come more distant. They come less intrusive in your life. I know that you'll never erase the memories, but they will no longer cripple you. And you'll realize that one day you're going forward and you're able to do something new for the Lord your God because you're not so crippled by your past that you're just stuck right here in the mud and mire because He has freed you to go forward for Jesus Christ. I don't want to for a moment stand before God and say, Lord, I couldn't do anything for you because I was so hurt and I was so overwhelmed by what happened to me. There comes a point that if you continue to do that, that the Lord can just say, I just want to slap you upside the head with a spiritual two by four and say, get over it. (laughs) Pastor, you don't seem sympathetic. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you've had too much empathy and too much sympathy all throughout. And as long as somebody's willing to say, oh, poor baby, as long as somebody's as long as somebody's willing to say, oh, poor baby, this happened to you and I sure hate that it happened to you. Not to minimize what happened. But if it cripples you and keeps you there, you need to get over it. And you need to move forward. There we go. Mike's trying to give out because the devil don't want this message going through. But it needs to go through. You are precious in the eyes of your Heavenly Father. So precious. That Jesus died for your sin. He died for your failure. So that the arrows of doubt, fear, and failure don't have to have a place. Get behind the shield of faith. And let those arrows be extinguished. The old has gone. The new is here. So as long as you are close to Him. As long as you are close to Him. The arrows of the past will not be successful because you've taken up the shield of faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can we pray this morning? Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your goodness and mercy. We thank You, Lord, because You are more than enough. We thank You, God, because that as we trust in You, as our shield of faith is strong in You, That the arrows will have no effect because they won't have a place. And I thank you for that, Father. Lord, maybe there are those here today or those that are tuned in. God, it seemed like there's been such a difficult time that I've had releasing some of these things from my past. And Lord, I'm going to trust you that from this day forward, God, that I'll be able to lay those things aside and I'll be able to fully embrace my faith in Jesus Christ because my faith in Jesus is truly the most important thing in my life. I praise you for it right now in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to His side. With love and strength for each new day, He will make Since the Holy Spirit is trying to do something in some hearts today. And if you're here this morning and you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you, I don't care where you are, where you're sitting, where you are, I want you to make your way up to the front. There's a release that's coming for you today in the name of Jesus. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't let, the, don't let the devil cheat you out of what God wants to do in your heart and life right now. Get up from where you are right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For each new day, He will make a way. Jesus Christ today, you're saying, devil, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to take it anymore. I've gone too long being in this place of despair. I don't want to live here anymore.
Lord, my life is just a mess without you. And I trust you right now. Not only for salvation, but the Lord keep me close to you. Jesus, I need you more than air I breathe. I thank you, Jesus, because you promise in your word that if I come to you, you will take my burdens and you will lighten my load. I trust you, Lord, to get over the fear and the failure and the doubts of my past to fully raise up my shield of faith in Jesus Christ. Let me be reminded of who you are. And I praise you for it right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord's doing something right now. Church, he's breaking down walls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you can do more in a few moments than I can do in an entire lifetime. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. I just felt an impression from the Holy Spirit and I saw a picture. That's how sometimes the Lord works with me. I pictured a foundation of faith in Jesus Christ and how some have maybe uh, maybe built on that foundation. You have a foundation of faith in Jesus Christ, but yet you've built some other things on there and you're thinking it's, I, I've not I've not done such a good job and, and it just doesn't look very good right now. Can I tell you that it's it's okay to have a renovation? It's okay to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and just kind of sweep things aside that don't belong there. And you say, Lord, I've I've built things that haven't been very good, but I'm going to trust you to build in my life from now on. I don't want to be the architect of my life. You have faith in Jesus Christ that maybe there's some things that have been built that aren't stellar and you just want to do away with that right now. I'm going to agree with you that the Holy Spirit will help you do that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the uh, transparency that your people are having with you and that, Lord, the foundation of Christ is there, but there have been some things that have have happened some things that have been built that really shouldn't be there they weren't a part of your plan and right now I'm just asking the the Holy Spirit renovator to come through 
and just kind of put aside and sweep off those things that don't belong. And that, Lord, as that happens and as our trust in you is, Lord, repurposed, Lord, and, and recommitted today, that, Lord, you begin to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ in our lives. Because you know what is supposed to go. You know what is supposed to go where. And you know how it all fits together. I thank you for it right now. I praise you for it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. How many of you have ever seen a project that's like a homemade project and it looks like it was a homemade project? I mean, you know, we hired a fence contractor a number of years ago to put a fence in and it was pretty expensive to do that. There are some, and I think I even heard some say, well, it's not that hard to put in a chain link fence. I mean, you know, you have the right tools, you can do it. The problem is that if I had tried to put that fence in, it would look like that I put the fence in. <laughs> that somebody put it in that didn't know what they were doing. It wouldn't be straight and there would be things wrong with it that would be obvious to everybody else. Now, it might have looked really good when I was doing it, But when you have a professional to come out that knows what they're doing, they do it and they do it right. They know how to do it right. And by saying, Lord, I, I just don't want to be the architect anymore. I don't want to be the builder in my life. I want you to be the builder. I want you just to build everything in my life. And how many knows that when he does it, it's going to be right and it's going to be good. It's going to be just what you need.